welcome to another edition of the Mighty Sports Minute. I am your host, Talented T. Taylor. It is the first day of March. It's about 74 degrees here in South Florida. And... Oh, man, 97% chance it's gonna rain later. I'm just saying that. But, you know what I say. Regardless of the time, and regardless of the weather, Always a good time to talk some sports. So let's wake and take. We'll talk today about respect. We'll get into a quick break from sports. Pay a little bit of respect. Talk about some celebrities, maybe. We'll go around the NBA, talk Miami, Cleveland, Golden State, New York. Talk about the NFL and its drugs and the combine. Thank you guys and welcome back, as I said again, to the Mighty Sports Minute. I am your host, Talent Taylor. And I, I guess I, I'm going to start this podcast off on a very serious note. It's, 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 hope, it's hopefully a very, one of the few times I'm going to have to be forced to do stuff like this. I do want to once again say rest in peace to Cruz Cologne, who... Has recently passed away, and we had his memorial service on Sunday. Uh, I called, I said Cruz Cologne, but I have, I've, I've never called him Cruz a day in his life. I've always called him Papa San. He's, he's a, he's the father of a really good friend of mine, and we had a celebration on Sunday. And I say it's a celebration because if you ever met the guy, that that's the kind of flair, that's the kind of swag, that's the kind of style. It's, 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 it's what is the kind of is what he brought to the table. He was a trans, like <laughs> he was a transfixing you know person amongst genders, you know not even genders but generations. He was transgenerational. He he crossed all different times. Like he was he was really that transcendent of a person of a human being, you know that that believed in having a good time, living your life and 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 celebrating until your very last. Until even his very last death, on um, breath. So we had a celebration on Sunday, and it was a beautiful thing. And well, you know, while I'm here and I and I, and I talk about that, you know, I want I want to step away for a second. Like I said, I'm gonna get we gonna get a little bit serious, just a little bit, just for a little bit longer, if you don't mind being with me, because I have a question, because I wonder, I wonder, world, you know. My, my mighty people. If you went to somebody's memorial, but let's say the individual that lost the person. So you go to somebody's, you, so you're going to a funeral for a friend of yours, father. You don't know their father at all. Your invitation is really because of Let's say the person that you're dating, the person that you're dating actually knew knew that person's father and was actually kind of close to them. You and that person, so what was happening between the time you and this person may have had some kind of tidbit or falling out. I'm curious that if you go to the memorial for your friend's father and just because of your past tidbit, regardless of who was right or wrong, because the person, because... 
listen, if I told you who was wrong in the situation, it'll, it'll, it wouldn't make this, it wouldn't make what I'm about to ask you any better. But let's say you, you know, I said, like I said, if you're having a, an issue with that person, would you go to their to their to the to a memorial for a deceased, you know, family um person's friend, you know, um for a deceased friend's father and not say a word to them? Regardless of what you guys had in the past, you're telling me that, like, like I, I want to know, like, I want to know if this is something that I, I guess I just find odd, or if this is normal behavior, you know. And like I said, well, I have a comment section below, and you can leave a comment below. So what I'm asking, right? Let's say it. Let, 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 me, let me try to make this a little bit easier, right? Um, me and you are cool. We're friends, right? My father just passed. Right? You show it to my father's memorial. I technically didn't invite you, but I invited the person that you're dating because they were actually the one that was close to my father's, you know, to my father. But when you show up, because of a, um, a past small tidbit that we had, that you think that it's okay to be able to show up to my father's memorial and not say one word to me? Like, like, like is that okay to not to go to somebody's memorial and not show respect to the individuals that have lost the person like does not does not your petty like, like whatever whatever your petty beef is or, or your little misunderstanding does does the moment not supersede that do you not do you not become like is, is, is it just me because like, i, I want to know i'm, I'm kind of curious about this like i said I, I could be in the wrong here or or maybe, maybe i i'm the one that's thinking out of out of line because, like I said, I, I do have some very odd, you know, belief systems and very odd methods of thinking. Like, so, I, I I won't put it past myself to say that I may be the one that's thinking out of the box on this one. You know, based off of just the kind of person that I am. The, per the kind of person that I've been raised to be and the kind of person I've also evolved into. Because, trust me, those are completely different people. So, uh, so again... Like, so, so, I don't know, let's, let's put the shoe back on the other foot, you know? If your parents had died, you know, have, have passed away, and I show up to their memorial, but because of whatever beef that we've had before, I don't come and even wish you condolences. I say no word to you. It takes over, it takes about two um, hours for us to even exchange words, and that's only because you had to hunt me down. Is that acceptable behavior? Would that be acceptable behavior on my part? And what does that say to the character of that person that does that? Like, I am really curious. Because I, I, I witnessed something like this. And it, it, it made me, it, and, and, and it made me disgusted, to, to say the least. You know, to, to, to realize that in some way, shape, or form, I am associated myself with a person that thinks that that kind of behavior is okay. And before I look at that person like that, I do want to one pick their brain. I, I am gonna have a conversation with them, right? This is gonna let you know how, how if either they or their or their, their their significant other listens to the podcast because they'll hear this before I give them a call, so they already know what's going on. <laughs> if they listen, even their brother. So we'll see. We're gonna find out. Yeah, <laughs> like we gonna see. We're going to see. 
I, I really am curious. I really am curious because to me, I believe that's rude. I believe it's rude. I believe it's disrespectful. And, and, and I believe that the only kind of person that would do that is a despicable, disgusting of a human being. Like, 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 the in, like your inside heart, soul, essence has to be purely polluted and disgusted. And, and whatever you show outward as any kind of positive figure has to be a complete farce. That's how I feel. I could be wrong. So I don't want to jump to conclusions. That's what I'm asking you guys. Like, am am I overblowing the situation? Is this is this common to behavior? Because, because because my overall thing is that if you didn't know the deceased, like like the person that passed, and you weren't gonna go and talk to the deceased family, why even show up? Because your presence was never requested. The presence of the person that knew the deceased, and what and somebody that's also a lot closer to the deceased family was was invited. You just happened to be fucking them. Pardon my French. Parlez-vous français. Oui, oui. Mon cher, bonbons and all that good stuff. Voulez-vous l'ouvrir avec moi? I'm sorry. Hey, hey. So, I'm, so I'm curious. And I don't want to get too deep. And you know what? I'm actually glad that I was actually able to talk this out you know, with you guys here in such a calm manner because I've been struggling with this since I found out, you know, since since I since I've witnessed this, but you know, it it would be inappropriate for me to bring it up at the venue because obviously the venue was way bigger than me. Yesterday, eh, let's just say I, I I didn't know if I could if I can I can if I was gonna be able to properly articulate myself and be able to convey the message and and the questions that I, that I was that I was searching for without becoming hostile, abrasive, or profane. Which I didn't want to do either because and, and and the bad thing about it is that I talk abrasively and I use a lot of profanity, right? Even in my happiest of moments, like I am a hyper abrasive person mofo. Like, listen, raised from Brooklyn in the army, that's just how I am. But let me get into a debate or any kind of other conversation where it's one point against the next, and I'm talking the same exact way the way I talk, I way the way I talk possibly. All of a sudden, people are like, whoa, calm down. Why are you getting upset? Why are you getting all the I'm like, I'm like this about everything. Like, to be honest with you, like, I'm not about every single thing you can imagine. Like, it's, it's just how, it's just how my, my, my energy flows. It's how it goes. So, let me go ahead and switch gears because while we're talking about one person's character, right? Or, or I have one character question, I say, I should say. Right, and like I said, seriously, like leave me a comment below. Let me know, like help me out here because, like this is a situation that for some odd reason I am I am actually choosing to make sure I handle this delicately and with as much tact as possible, based solely on the person that this individual is attached to. Like if they wasn't attached to this person, I wouldn't even handle it with so many kid gloves. Like to be honest with you, I probably wouldn't even have spoken to the person again. I would have just. Made up my mind of I'll be this thing this despicable human being, and I would have X them out of my life and just act like they no longer existed. But can't quite do that, so I have to. Ben so there's a benefit of a doubt that I have to give, so I have to handle this with the utmost kitty gloves because I don't want to accidentally throw sand in somebody's pussy and get them irritated. <laughs> Once again, part of my parlez vous français. So. So then, like I said, talk about one person's character to the next. I, I was kind of, I'm kind of curious, right? About 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 one person, the Biebs, right? Justin Bieber, 
And I told you guys something was going to get weird today. We're going to talk a little bit about today. And I'm questioning, is Justin Bieber still looked at as this bad guy that nobody in America wants to touch? You know, like 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 from a PR standpoint, kind of thing. Remember how he's how he's been shunned and stuff like that, and they and they were making jokes about, hey, Canada, take back your X Y Z, la la la. And Canada was like, oh, when we had him, he was like this, and after we sent him to you, he came back like this. Is he still being? Is he still looked at as that as that guy, or has Beebs kind of gotten past some of the you know that age where he's gonna be pulling off stunts like that? Because like, is he still the brat that everybody thinks he is? I I, I, cause I don't know. Because I've been seeing a lot of a lot of tweets, a lot of a lot of posts about hey, I'm a believer, and if you know, and and little memes saying that hey, if Justin Bieber keeps dropping this fight fire, I don't know if I can continue to hate the guy. You know, like so, right? I, I'm I'm curious, you know, because he is happy, he is dropping hot song after hot song after hot song. You know, like you know, even if your mouth says no. But your body says yes. What do you mean? And you know, if you think this song is about you, then you can go and yourself. <laughs> you know, he he has all that. But like, I'm I'm curious. Is Justin Bieber still, 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 still that have that bad boy bratty image, or has he passed that by now? As is Justin Bieber now, just a guy that just gives us good music, and we would probably honestly warrant something from him from a celebrity standpoint. Did the roast help? Because basically, since the roast, he's been he's, he's been kind of low key. Listen, you going to think about that when we come back. We're going to talk about the NFL combine. Like I said, we're still going to get into the NBA and much much more. And you know, we may talk about about more celebrities. We actually we may just try to find out if Stacey Dash knows how to run. That and more on the Mighty Sports Minute. and swishes and if you saw that Oklahoma City game then you, then you then you know what I'm talking about again welcome back this is the mighty sports minute I am talent Taylor Steph Curry is becoming ridiculous I caught that Oklahoma City game and I, and I hope you guys saw it because like I said Steph Curry has been on a complete rampage of 30, 40, 50 point games. And not just a complete rampage. He's been putting on this masterful, dominant performance. And what Steph has been doing is, is showing up day in and day out, giving us that this performance. And believe it or not, folks, that's greatness. When you're like you quickly forget sometimes that Steph Curry started out the beginning of his career highly injured. Like the, you understand, like 
Right now he's breaking ankles, but remember he couldn't keep his ankles healthy. LeBron Stephen Curry right now is consistently giving you greatness. And to be honest with you, it's a whole lot more than LeBron James has ever given us. LeBron has been mediocre. And he's been a great numbers guy. Like more than anything else. And think about it, like LeBron has no real stake that you can call his own. LeBron has had everything. Every every single thing handed to him. Like his his current team bent over backwards when they first had him. Right? And and for the people that constantly say that Le that big Cavs did not get him help. I seriously want you to go back and take a look of where these guys were ranked for what they brought them in for when they got them. Like I said, when you bring in somebody that just wins a three-point shooting contest and he comes in and he all of a sudden can't hit a three-point shot, that's not management's fault. That's on the player. When you get a guy that scores 18 points a game and is getting just about two steals a game to come in and help him at the, at the shooting guard position, but when he comes in, all of a sudden, he can't score, and he's not playing, and he can't get the defense or, or play defense like he used to, that's not all management. They picked a guy that was in the running, uh, that, that, was, that, was, that was a runner-up or in the consideration for defensive player of the year. They picked the guy that was having a career season averaging just about 18 points a game. It's not his. It's not management's fault or ownership's fault that when they get him there, that he doesn't produce. That's between the coach and the king himself, who's supposed to help get him to be a better player. That management staff bent over backwards for LeBron James, and they he still left them. Then he leaves to go be base. He basically goes and gets a hired assassin. He goes to Miami with Pat Riley and Dwayne Wade, a known champion. Pat Riley, a known champion. And gets in a very highly skilled power forward. That usage rate was high and his, you know, his win-loss percentage was high. And for a guy that should naturally have been playing the power forward position, did very great work at the center position. You know, being undersized all the time. All of that stuff was high. Basically, he, he got some hired guns. To help him win. Somewhere else. And. The moment they faced a little bit of adversity. Or he thought the dust had settled. From him abandoning his old team. He left He left the team he was winning in. He left this whole rock and roll squad. And rock and roll environment. That he, that he helped culture. That he helped create in South Florida. And completely abandoned them. All of a sudden now he's still upset. Now, this is something I'm, 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 I'm going to give you. LeBron James, for the most part, has been consistently healthy. And that's why he has also been a staple, you know, or an example of how to take care of your body and what to do as an NBA player on the court, or at least also off the court when it came, comes to nutrition and, and, and main, trying to maintain a physical peak. But... Like, listen, let's not forget that Stephen Curry started his career off injured. And now he's a, he's he's now come, 
come to a point where he's consistently healthy. Where he's now, you're looking at him where his injuries in the beginning of his career are going to be looked at as another achievement. Another knot on his belt. Right? Basically now, it's just something that he just had to get over to become this great player that he currently is. While he took a franchise similar to Cleveland. A team that was not winning. A team consistently getting lottery picks. A team searching for that spark, for that key franchise player to help take him over the edge. He did, Listen, Curry went into a very similar situation that LeBron did. Curry didn't pick up and run from his obligations. What he did? He let some players come around him. He helped the, you know, he got himself better and he helped develop the players around him to, so they, they could also get better. And he also helped challenge them. And then he became better and helped challenge them. And then he stayed where he was at. And the team was built around him. And then he took this team that he had helped build, that he had been invested in since day one, and went into LeBron's home with this little bought out team and, and crushed them. Completely embarrassed them. Like, so, he made them a champ. LeBron James still can't say that about Cleveland. 12 years later, LeBron James can't say because of me, I made this team or any franchise a champion. He can't say that about Miami. Because I think... Camilla Anthony could have went in there with Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade and won a championship. Just based off of how different also that Camilla Anthony and Dwayne Wade's game was, they wouldn't have butted heads so much in the beginning. Because their roles would have been different. A ball handling. Kevin Durant could have went in there and won a championship with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. You understand? Like, so I don't want you to do the twisted and make it seem like LeBron James did this phenomenal feat. You have to remember, part of the reason why LeBron James had caught some of the slack that he caught when he initially went over to Miami was also because he was going to pair with his direct competition. Dwayne Wade was the guy that, yes, had won a championship, that always was, was, that was always contending with him for the top scorer in the league, always contending him for the top, for the top team in the league, always contending with him for MVP of the league. And you basically team you you basically caved in and said, I don't want to fight you anymore, Nemesis. Let's be friends. And then you bent over back and you took one up the poop shoot. Twelve years later, LeBron still can't say he's made anybody a champion. Seven years in, into his career, Stephen Curry can. Stephen Curry has. Clay Thompson. Listen, Andre Iguodala coming over, but listen, to to start Draymond Green over a guy like David Lee, which you felt a lot of times that you that Mark Jackson may have been starting out of more of respect for the veteran than skill for the veteran, because listen, we've been talking about on on on, on this platform already, right here on the show. David Lee. 
coming off the bench is probably best for David Lee more than anything else because David Lee hadn't had a healthy season in probably like three, four years. How many times had he been, had he gone out with some kind of hip issue, some kind of leg issue, some kind of back issue? You remember him, like, finally, like, after Golden State started making the playoffs, he was just trying to come in there and play one playoff game because he hadn't played a playoff game yet. He was just trying to give the team one chance, one, 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 you know, show them that he's, he's a team player and go and play one playoff game with his broken hip. I shouldn't make fun of him because I got a broken hip too. But so, like moves, like these are these are also players that Golden State had on their team. You understand, Matt Barnes, Barnes, Curry, Green, Thompson. Them guys, them guys, them guys were home, were homegrown. See, what LeBron is doing, and. And you know what? I'm not gonna talk more. I'm not, I'm not gonna talk more about LeBron right now. I don't want this to be to constantly keep becoming a that to keep feeling like it's a platform to bash LeBron. Or for this show to sound like I'm just gonna spend a whole segment bashing LeBron. No, 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 no. That's not what we do here. But you guys will remember. We will come back to this at a later time, but because I'm, I'm I'm curious about something else, and I, I'm telling you, like, see, when you're paying attention, your questions really never stop. You guys know how it is. Like you always wonder, you always wonder, you always wonder, you always wondering. So this I want you to think about. Like I said, LeBron's been in the league twelve years. So is Chris Bosh, and Chris Bosh is now going on his second season. Where he has some kind of blood issue that has taken him out from whatever point he has had it to through the remainder of the season. So, my question, if Chris Bosch retires, is he a Hall of Famer? Hmm. See? And I feel like in a weird way, like he'll be like a Toronto Hall of Famer. Even a Miami Hall of Famer, like like he he's given a lot to Miami. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna digress, you know, and and and, and try to downplay on how he's embraced the city of Miami and South Florida. But if he retires, I don't know if we're talking about a guy that's a Hall of Fame. I mean, twelve years. Average about what nineteen points a game, twenty points a game. Uh what are we talking about? That's just about he has just about like seventeen thousand points. Shot forty nine percent. A little over seventy five hundred rebounds. Somewhere over twelve hundred assists. Somewhere like around nine hundred blocks. This is, this is something else I probably want to get you guys' input on. Because I feel like for a lot of a lot of homers, when I say homers, I'm not talking about, like, don't. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not talking about those guys. I'm talking about, for a lot of people that, you know, a lot of Miami fans, a lot of people local to Miami. I feel like for them, they'll probably say yes for some odd reason that Chris Bosh should be a Hall of Famer. But I don't know if he's all the famer. I think if he, I honestly think like if he would have stayed. No, nah, I can't even say that. 
Because you know what? To be honest with you, um, I don't, I don't, I don't see Chris Bosh really any better than Stoudemire. Like, like in, like in overall, in overall numbers. And I could be mistaken. I could be mistaken in saying that because you know, Amaya Stoudemire only has one more season than. Than Chris Bosch and them. Like, I don't know if you guys know about this. Because this, this, this is one weird tidbit I, I was, that's always been interesting to me. Because seeing how Stoudemire had teamed up with, with Camilla Anthony. You know how you go and you, and you look into little things. So I end up realizing that. If Amara Stoudemire hadn't come right out of high school. And just went one year of college. He'd have been in the same draft class as Camilla Anthony, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, and Chris Bosh. So, like I said, when I look at when I look at Stoudemire, when I look at Chris Bosh, I don't see him being much better than Stoudemire, and I don't think that Stoudemire is a Hall of Famer either. So, like, you you guys figure that out amongst yourselves, because if you would ask me today, I'm saying no. But like I said, I feel like there's a lot of Heat fans, a lot of people out there that probably say yes. When we come back. We're going to see if, we're going to talk about the NFL and see if they're loosening up their drug policy. And, listen, I like short shorts. And living in South Florida, it gets, it gets worn all year round. Ah, sit on that one. They didn't join this team to win championships or become famous. They joined because there is important work to be done. And only some able to do it. They are brighter, better educated, led, and equipped than any team in history. They are doctors, lawyers, engineers, technologists, and combat troops. All prepared for whatever comes their way. You'll find them where the lights don't flash. And the only contract they sign is with themselves and their country. One day, they may be asked what they did to make a difference in this world. And they can respond, I became a soldier. So, welcome back to the Mighty Sports Minute. Again, I am your host, Talon Taylor. And thank you guys for listening. We're just about halfway through the show. And something I wanted to tell you. If you listened last week to the show, I knew it had to be brutal. I was sick as two horses with no head in a beef factory around surrounded by vegans. I was just uncomfortable. That's all that that meant. I was just uncomfortable. I know none of that even made sense. So I'm just sitting about like 97% right now. Like, like that's about my health. I know the second time I'm using 97%. 97% is having to be a really good number right now. It just is. So, so I do thank you guys for that. And something else I wanted to bring up because I told you something that is, is going to start being a regular part of the show is as we're doing the show, I'm going to have a game on in the back. And currently right now, I have the Brooklyn versus Clippers game. I'm going, they're going into halftime where the Clippers are up 52 to 46, which is just a, which is really perfect timing for me because right around halftime, this is what I was planning on switching over to the Knicks game because, listen, I am a Knicks fan. And the Knicks currently do have a game right now going against Lillard and them boys. And, see, 
That's what I'm telling you. Like you, you like as 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 a fan of sports, sometimes like even though it doesn't make sense for you to watch every single thing, as a fan of sports, you have to watch every single thing. And I, and I think that's the hardest thing to understand sometimes or or to do because there really is so much to watch. So you just have to think like what it is and. What happens is that sometimes you watch it and you get completely nothing out of it, like like the NFL Combine. And sometimes you watch it and you get something out of it, like the summer league that Damon Lillard was in. Because like I said, I remember, I remember watching that summer league, those summer league games, and oh man, like, oh man, like what was I impressed? Like I said, and, and it's been a very, it's been a, there's been a lot of people that, that come in and catch your eye in summer league. Like, if you if you're... If if you're watching your team, then you may notice little guys on your team or, or people on your team that your team may be able to utilize. Like I remember the guy the, the year that they brought in um what's his name that that flight white guy and I was like he he looked okay in the summer league but then he he was kind of trash, you know um I don't I don't remember I don't remember um the Asian guy um Lin Sanity I don't remember him at all um in summer league I do remember Galloway in summer league but but like I said once again he's a Nick so. Of course, I remember him in summer league, and and a couple of people, they, they 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 stick out to you, and and they stick out fairly easy. So, summer league and and the combine, are, are two things that, like I said, even though like sometimes that, overall context of, of what of what you're looking for, you, like you you're not gonna get it. Listen, at least I know you get you at least you get something out of it, and for nothing else at times. I may just use it for um, familiar familiarity, you know, of to get familiar with a couple of players, you know, just to just to learn a couple of the names before, like for instance, like I said, for the summer in the summer league, those guys are usually already playing. Like they're not playing to the draft; they already been drafted, and now they're working out something with their, t- you know, they're working out with their team and trying to get a look at them there for the combine. You're trying to get a look at guys that are potentially going to go into the draft now. So now, when you go through these grueling seven rounds of draft, trying to trying to pretend like you know who every single guy that comes out of West um, Nantucket University, you know, as as a seventh round safety, and he comes to your team, and you're like, yeah, the, the, the guy was the ish. Like, no, no, I have no clue who he was. I usually don't know who anybody is past the second round, and and and, and that's being generous. Like, like the NBA. I'll give it to you. I may know up to like 45 players. In football, uh-uh. There's way too many rounds. Like, I, I, it's hard for me to get that invested into it. But you try to do something, and, and you try to at least get yourself into the second round, or at least into the second round up to your team's draft pick. Or at least up to your biggest, if, if your biggest rival picks after your team, up to their draft pick. So, yes, as a Jet, I generally t- you know, force myself to watch until the Patriots picked. Cause I was always kind of curious what they were going to do if they had a draft pick for that round. So, like I said, I, I mentioned, I mentioned very briefly, right, about about the NFL Combine, and and like I said, like this, this is going to be a show. Like I said, like, this is going to be a show of, of a bunch of questions because this, this is what we're going to have today, and I'm hoping to get some kind of interaction from you. You know, I should say some kind, but some more interaction from you guys. You know, some interactions out of you guys, because. I, as, as NFL Combine has, has come around, and if you guys aren't aware, you know, maybe you don't know what the NFL Combine is. The NFL Combine is where basically, um, 
you take a bunch of animals out into an open field and you run them through a bunch of drills and obstacles to see which ones perform the best to see um, who you want to keep for breeding. Nah, nah, that's what NFL Combine is. <laughs> but listen, outside of the breeding part, it's, it's, not, it's not really that far off. Like, NFL Combine is basically um, a selection of the young talent that's coming into the NBA as the Knicks and Portland game rolls on. And we're just about 10 minutes, 40, uh, about 10 minutes and 45 seconds left in the first, and the Knicks are up by two. I'm going to assume Porzingis made that first shot because they did a cutaway to Porzingis and Porzingis gave that little smirk that he's been known to give lately. And this kid McCullen for Portland, yeah, he, he's been catching my eye. He's definitely been catching my eye because remember, remember, remember we talked. See, like I'm, I'm really hoping you guys, I'm really hoping you guys remember. Because like, you may start getting this a lot. Like we spoke um, in the beginning, right around the beginning of the season, and I was curious on why everybody was running out of Portland, and I was curious, and I wanted to see how Portland. Remember, I asked, I was, I, I threw this question to you guys, where because everybody was leaving Portland, we're talking about Matthews, we're talking about Aldridge. <coughs> excuse me. Portland lost about a good three, four players easily. They lost a good half of their line, their starting lineup, and I was curious on why would they leave? If it was management, if it was coaching, if it was a conflict with stars, and how Portland would look after looking so well over the last couple of years with these guys growing together. You lost the market. You you lose you lose the Marcus Aldridge, and you still managed to 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 make your team. A sniffable playoff team, you know, just 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 to hover right around that seven eight spot. I think with a bunch of young talent that that nobody knows the name of outside of Plumley, and that's because he has fourteen other relatives in the NBA. That, that shows me how much of a beast that Damian Lillard is, and, and I had no intentions of say, of, of talking that much about him today. I really did it, but. Damian Lillard, like he he like, sometimes you you look at some people and you're wondering, is it justifiable that they have as many commercials that they do have, and for a guy early on in his career, about ah, excuse me, as I told him, I'm at the tail end of it. For a guy early on in his you know for 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 having the the projection of success that he has, like I'm sorry. He he's been he's been growing at a faster rate than I think that um John Wall has with his team. So, yeah, like I I I I I think he's he's just about due for the amount of exposure he gets because he doesn't really get much more exposure outside of those few commercials. Like come on, he even gets snubbed from from All Star games and and it's hard to do, and 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 it's hard to fight for him when when you're talking about. Okay, you're 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 also battling against Stephen Curry, Chris Paul, and um and 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 Russell Westbrook. You know, like it's it's hard to say we're squeezing you in there. So he 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 gets overlooked and uh, he it, it, I I do enjoy seeing him play well. It's not gonna be today. 
as the game is tied now. Oh, sorry, not tied now. Portland is up eight to six as New York just turned over the ball with about eight with eight minutes to go in the first. And McCullough just puts puts up a shot that falls short of the rim, gets back his own rebound, passes to Damian Lillard as the shot clock is reset. Right. So, so, so like I said, with the combine here, I, I'm I, I'm kind of curious as. As I told you, the combine is basically they 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 pull all all potential talent together and they run through a series of running drills, power drills, um, lifting, all kinds of exercises to see just how good they are, how they measure up. You know, I, I think initially, some I think I heard people mention a bunch of times that that really, really what this was was to get all consolidated medical records because you had things coming from all over the place. So now you had one group of people doing all of the the tests. So you had one set of records so you didn't have things that were contradicted. It was help find out injuries and any potential problems. And then now it's been turned into this whole other spectacle, this whole catching, running, floating show that we you know, dog and pony show that we see. So what I'm curious is that has anybody else besides me started like giving themselves little NFL combine test? Like has anybody gone out there like like done a forty time just for no reason? Or seen how they do, you know, for a high jump. Like, I, I didn't do any of that stuff, right? I'm not gonna like sit here and say I did that. The, the closest thing I did to that was playing a basketball game at the memorial on Sunday, which tested my high jump and my vertical and my forty time and my in between weaves, and and it helped me work out a bunch of muscles that I haven't worked out in about three years. Cause I haven't been in the basketball court for probably about that long. And I do have currently have a cracked hip now with plantar fasciitis, so I probably shouldn't have been on there Sunday. But yeah, I'm kind of feeling it now. I'm on some, I'm on some muscle relaxers. They have me very relaxed. I don't know if you tell. No, I'm joking. That's not the muscle relaxers. That's the Coronas. Like <laughs> right, so, as but so, is anybody has any any of you guys have been giving yourself tests? Because listen, I'm not gonna front. I, I've done one thing and one thing only. I've measured my hand because. As they started talking about hand size, hand size, hand size, hand size, I was curious. Like, they talk about all these people in their hands. I was like, hey, how, how does your boy TTT measure up? And uh, I learned I don't measure up so well. For, well, first of all, the first time I did, I did it wrong. I went from, I went from like palm to middle fingertip, not realizing how they measured. And I came up an un, unimpressive seven and one quarter or seven and one eighths, depending on. I guess which hand or or how time of day you catch me at, and then <clears throat> I found out that they measure it from thumb to pinky, tip to tip, and I was like, oh, okay, because they're talking about a guy that has like a nine inch, you know, hand, and and he like, yo, he's about to be a quarterback, and I'm like, so I go in and I measure it, and I'm bam, your boy measures out to be eight or seven eighths, and I'm like, okay. That, 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 that's kind that's kind of on the tiny side, you know. I, I believe you know you know you know that form fitting, you know. But I'm also not a six three NFL quarterback, you know. So I think I can get I, I think I can get away with that. I think that that's a respectable size for my, my body size, you know. Like like I'm not I'm not unproportionate, you know. Like like you know in the hand area that is. <coughs> so I know I know I told you guys about. Possibly, you know, the NFL may be loosening their drug policy, but I don't want to talk about drugs right now because, you know, who knows when you do drugs? Because what I do want to tell you about is 
I don't want you to get stuck trying to figure out what to do on a Friday ever again. Like, stop worrying, stop thinking, head down to Capone's nightclub. Right? Go find DJ Scepter, mix it in the lounge, so you can start dancing and start drinking. That's DJ Scepter every Friday, 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. Ladies bring your sexy, fellas bring your swag. It's going down. It Capone's. So, like I said, the NFL may be, may be loosening their drug policy. Or, and you know what? That's a complete farce. They're not. They, I, don't, I don't even think that they're, that, they're, that they're even thinking about it. Actually, I do think they actually are thinking about it. But interestingly enough, there is an individual that is coming back. Into, or trying to make his way back into the NFL. And that's Mr. Josh Gordon. Now, Josh Gordon has, in about three seasons, played just a little over two years worth of games because he... Smoke weed every day. First year, he played about 16, 16 games, and then he got suspended. Smoke weed every day. And he only played about 14 games the next season. And then he got in trouble again. Smoke weed every day. And couldn't play the first 12 games of the season. And came back for the for the bottom five. And then Smoke weed every day. He's gone for a whole season. <laughs> and now he's trying to get reinstated now. So But through three seasons of play, we're talking about a guy that has that has had or not even, but we're talking about just three years, but about two seasons worth of games. We're talking about a guy that's had about 161 receptions, 14 touchdowns, and a shy under 2,800 yards. And Cleveland's going to get him out of the bargain. And, and, I, and I would too. Like, why, why not take him? I've, it's just a shame. Like... I, I don't. I'm listen. I'm not. I'm not judging or trying to knock anybody that. Smoke weed every day. You know, like I said, like my family's Jamaican, so I come from a long line of. Smoke weed every day. Rastafarians, <laughs> you know, that have a lot of belief systems from not eating pork to. Smoke weed every day. You know the Quran. Or Salino, the Slassi and and smoke weed, smoke weed every day. So I understand that lifestyle. I really do. Like, listen, I, I got boys. Smoke weed every day. I got homegirls. Smoke weed every day. I got elderly people. Smoke weed every day. You know, like. I honestly like don't believe that there's not a person in the world that doesn't know a person that smoke weed every day and functions very highly in society. You just can't do it to play that while you're playing in the NFL, and that's been Josh Gordon's problem. So we gonna see if he can stop because if he can, remember we're talking about one season, fourteen games, sixteen hundred yards still. Nine touchdowns, 87 receptions. We're still talking rookie season, 50 receptions, 
five touchdowns, 800 yards. And then to double that the next year? Why you played less games? Now, he, he, like I said, who knows if he's going to be rusty? Like, the biggest thing that he, that he may benefit from is just the simple fact that the NFL has now become more of a pass league than anything else. So, in a, in a time that they, they're going to want to air the ball out, he is a threat in airing out the ball. So, he's going to get his opportunity. Hopefully, he can really stop. Smoke weed every day. Arrows, that'll be the only thing he'll be doing for the rest of his life because he won't be, a, he won't be an NFL player. So he can smoke as much weed as he wants. Um. So, hey, the NBA rankings, right? Or I don't even, I don't even want to talk about. So, it's it's funny how, how how not even the NBA rankings, but the NBA power rankings are going. I should say the rankings, because the Cleveland has very slowly in the power ranking where they're sitting just right around the fifth spot and all is not well in Cleveland all is not well in Cleveland at all they're they're starting to have these little turmoils that keep popping up all the time right and they're, they're, they're little tips and what was see at it goes. I think it goes back to my previous point about LeBron, right? Like he has built an environment of entitlement. Like, like don't you see this? Like, where where you have to stroke the egos consistently of guys like Kevin Love, of Kyrie Irving, of Tristan Thompson. You understand, like. Think, think of the environment that, that LeBron James has now built in Cleveland. That he's never happy. Like, he's always... Since the day he stepped back in Cleveland... Come on, his body language from the day he stepped there to, the, to even... To, to last night's victory over Indiana... His body language constantly says he is, he is completely dissatisfied with that team. Disgusted with them on a consistent basis. But yet... It's the environment that he has, he has, he has furnished, that, that he has helped foster. And surprisingly, it's not coming from guys like J.R. Smith and Iman Shumper. You know, and maybe because, you know, they know what it is to be the other two factors, you know, other than the star player. You know, the other two side pieces from the star player. That are constantly being scrutinized also in the media. That also, but but isn't being allowed to contribute as much to the victories as much as the star is. Or maybe they just know what it felt like to be in not in a winning situation. Where you would think that Kyrie, Kyrie should also should know this. And, and, and I believe he's even expressed, you know, he's even expressed, you know, as, as much. But like I said, like there's just this there's this level of entitlement where there's a lot of me that happens in Cleveland, and LeBron keeps trying to get a keeps trying to get a we mentality, or trying to uh, tries to get keeps trying to get a we organization while he portrays a me mentality. Like I don't see LeBron James as a as a we guy. 
LeBron James very still much looks as a me, 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 me guy. Like for all the people that says that, oh, LeBron James isn't a, isn't 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 a ball hog and he isn't this. No, LeBron James is just a six eight point guard. He isn't a he just isn't a, he just isn't a primary scorer. He's a point guard and a small forward's body. Kobe, Melo, Jordan, they're all primary scorers. It doesn't mean that they never pass the ball. It's just that pass isn't one of the first things on his mind. And LeBron James gets away with 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 also that when he passes, because of because he handles the ball like a point guard, he gets a lot of assists because he's drawing in defenders and he's getting people to make easy baskets. A lot of times when 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 LeBron, I mean LeBron when when Melo and Jordan and and, and Kobe was making all those passes, they, they weren't usually going to the guy that was scoring. It was usually being swung a little bit more. Believe it or not, LeBron holds the ball just about as much as 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 we see from 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 our lovable golden child Steph Curry, the chef. And man, do you see the way he pulls up? <laughs> so, like LeBron is like I don't I it's really hard for me to see and have sympathy for the people in Cleveland when they fostered this level of entitlement. Or are they foster this environment where it feels like every single person down to the egg significant feels like he's entitled? Come on, like right? Tristan Thompson is getting got, got a max deal. And now granted, like his max deal now means nothing when the money gets gets reshuffled, you know, or, or, or gets added on to the next year and two. But he still got a max contract. Tristan Thompson. Kevin Love as he makes his as, as he makes his milk commercials, you know, still needs to be reminded that he needs to fit in and not fit out. And why you have Kyrie Ovi over here mouthing off. Like he didn't have a team for himself for four years and couldn't win more than twenty games. Thirty games. Was it even thirty? Did he ever No, I think one year. I think they I think they were sniffing the playoffs one year. I do I, I do think that Cleveland was sniffing like that ninth spot. You know, like and I don't but I don't think it was consistent throughout the year. I think they they at one point in time was sniffing like a ninth spot in like at some point in time, but Kyrie Irving couldn't stay healthy again, and the team fell off, and he got another high lottery pick that him and Kyrie couldn't do much with. But at the same time, we have Melo over here mad at the fans that were rooting. For the Miami Heat. And you know what? Melo, you know, you know, you know what I say to you? You have every right to be upset. You know what I say to those fans? Like, are you serious, New York? Like, you let a let's go heat chair be heard in the garden? Like what kind of treacherous, disloyal, disgusting, mother-freaking-bleeping, cockamamie, two-bit act do you think is going on here? You understand, like, you are the guard, you are a Knicks fan, you do not allow ish like that to go on. You know what I'm saying? We aren't Heat fans. We aren't, we aren't, we aren't, we aren't Harden fans. Goddamn Knicks. So Melo has every right to be upset. Like, 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 that's, that's like, that, that, that's like 
Caesar being stabbed in the back by Brutus. Like, like that is treachery. Like, 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 if, like, like, if I had to give that action a name, it would be Vic. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, that's, like, that's how bad that is. Like, you should not, uh, like, this should, this should not be any Knicks fans there rooting for the Heat whatsoever. Like, like, the, the level of hatred and disdain and 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 history that goes on of us not liking each other goes way too far for if there was let's say if there was I don't I don't care two hundred heat fans there and they started yelling that automatically it should have been drowned out by Nick's chance. And but and, and based off the fact that you guys also did not do that, you're also disappointing me. What if what have we gotten into? Like see 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 and, and and I was and I was about to go old man route. I was about to go the old man route on you and and say that this is this new generation, but the new generation can't afford Knicks seats, so they're not the ones that are buying tickets. Unless they, maybe these are those all 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 the little bratty kids there. I don't I don't I don't know what it is, but stuff like that cannot happen. And if you had a child that was there that was saying that and rooting for the Heat at a at a Knicks game. I'm sorry, they need a spanking. They need a spanking. Yes, I am authorizing a spanking for your child rooting for the wrong team. We know what happens anyway. Like, like, listen, listen, I may be the first to say, but we all know what happens. Like, like, we know you did it, just admit it. We know you did it, just admit it. We know you did it, just admit it. We all know nobody allows their child to root for the wrong team. And there are all kinds of ways we, ways we use to make sure that they that they use to make sure you use to make sure they all manipulated to rooting for the proper team in your household. So, listen, we're New Yorkers. New Yorkers were fast. This is what we do. We've always been a state and city of of of, of kick asses. You know, badass whoop asses. So let's go in there and and just whoop your kids' ass if they were rooting for the Heat because obviously they don't know no better and you haven't been doing the proper job so far. <laughs> So, guys, that's it. That's the show. I do thank you again for listening. I have nothing else left to talk about. Don't forget you can catch me everywhere. Ah, that's everywhere. Um, SoundCloud, Mighty Sports, Facebook, Twitter, Mighty Sports. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned. Stay blessed. And don't stress. Sorry, boys. All the stitches in the world can't sew me together again. Lay down. Lay down. Always knew I'd make a stop there. But a lot later than a whole gang of people thought. Last call for drinks. Bars closing down. Sun's out. Where we going for breakfast? Everywhere. Rough night. My T and my team. Tired. Sports. My team.